What is happening, people? Another, 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 another episode of Icy Takes. Jeff, that wasn't me stuttering. I just wanted to make the people aware that we have a lot of another episodes out there that they can listen to. Isn't that right? Yeah, always can check the archives out at uh, at Anchor and iTunes, Spotify, wherever the hell you get, you listen to this podcast, you can find other episodes for another, another, another episode, just like Booker T, another, another, five times, another episode of Icy Takes. Hey, um, before we get into this, um, I know we, we usually like to BS with each other, but Jeff, I need you to uh, listen to this sound and see if you can depict, depict it. Are you ready? Yep. What was that? Uh, it sounded like you were cracking a beer open. But what kind? Oh, that that sounds like a. Uh, oh, let's see. Hmm. Definitely not a Miller Lite, not a Lion's Head. That sounds like a Lucky Streak if I've ever heard one. You're you're damn right. It's a Lucky Streak. <laughs> I thought, I've heard so I've heard a... that can open too many times to not know what that can sounds like when you pop that that top. So this is actually the first time I've ever drank this beer outside of the softball field. Oh, yeah, how's it I, feel? I, well, let me tell you. It feels like I'm about to win another softball game. There you go. That's that's a that's a good thing to say, doesn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we, so I'll just jump into it first, and I'll ask about how how your past week was, but. We were able to get off the, the losing streak there before, right before the bye week, which is very nice, I think. Um, good, good. Run run ruled the team the first game. So the run rule is win by 12 or more after four and a half innings, or unless you're the away team after five innings. And we okay. play seven, seven inning games. So in the bottom of the sixth, we technically had a walk off to win by 12. Oh, yeah, it wasn't me, but um, I was able to go four for four. It was like I was at batting practice, even though I wasn't able to attend this past week. Oh. Three singles and a double. Wow, jeez. Would you become a I contact mean, hitter now? I guess so. but Big, like o- the, big OPS guy. I'm, I'm not going to. Well, the OPS has fallen down with, the, with those singles. Right, yeah. But um, I'm not going to lie. I would say at least three of those at bats, I was trying to go yard against this against this guy because I used to play for him back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And there's no bad blood. I just like to show up, people. And oh yeah, I, absolutely petty person. Yeah, I I just could not get under the ball. I guess, but I was hitting scorchers through, uh, as Tony Gwynn would put it, the five and a half hole. Okay. And so, like, the first game was successful for me. On the field, it was good. We were playing good. We had a limited roster. Um, We're not usually used to playing with, like, only 10 people on the field. Usually we have a DH and other people sit in the bench. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the next game, we we were cutting it close with the skin of our teeth with uh, two people had to leave. So... We had we had two girls step in that really did not intend to play with us at all this year. What were just there? Uh, one was the the girlfriend of a player, and one I I don't know any what the relationship is, but she was keeping our books. Um, both of them stepped in. Uh, the one almost had a base hit after like not swinging a bat for years. It was great, um, but uh, 
we were able to win the next game by one, um, by by just putting out enough runs early on before one of our players had to leave mid-game, and then we were able to just hold on and win the game by one, 15-14, went two for three that game. I watched my double hit the fence because I thought that was gone. Did you get caught watching? Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, you hot dog. <laughs> you hot dog. I mean, I, I'm sure you're probably the guy, too, in intramurals that yelled at people like me that Bryce Harper everything. Probably, but now well, if you get the lucky streaks rolling, you're going to see me hot dog a little uh, bit. Uh, see? See, performance enhancers. No, well, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that statement. So... We'll we'll go with that, but we now we're going into the bye week on a two game winning streak, sitting at eight and four, feeling good. Now we get the rest and looking to hit the ground running two weeks from now, or t- what twelve days from now from when we're recording. Oh, okay, okay. So you got yeah, you guys are in the bye week now. We talked about this last week that you guys really need to have a good good weekend going into your bye week. It would have been heartbreaking to split. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you almost had to sweep the weekend. Yeah. So, gotcha. but uh, what's up with you? Oh well, it was my birthday on Saturday. Twenty nine years young. Look um, at that, the birthday boy. Happy yeah. birthday! I already told you Saturday, but happy yeah. birthday. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I want to thank my girlfriend Michelle, my mom and dad. Um, they took me out to dinner Friday for a day early. Um, then we went to some family friend's house, um, played some board games, had some like sushi and just like kind of finger food and then got like a small group of friends at a local brewery. We all got together and, uh, and, um, just had a couple beers, tried to make life as normal as possible, despite it being like 135 degrees outside. Uh, we still had a good time. So, um, what, nice what, chill. um, what board games were you playing? So we played uh, Trivial Pursuit, like the most updated version. I think it was called like the Ruby version or something like that. Okay. Where like the only way you can win instead of like going like back up like the aisle to win, you had to have like there was like Ruby cards that were based off years. So like all the questions were like, say, like if the card was 1980, they're all like the entertainment questions were from 1980. The sports questions were from 1980, et cetera, et cetera. So you had to have possession of the ruby and all the all like the pie pieces in order to win. So Okay. So, so how'd your boy how'd your boy do? I did okay. Um it was a little back and forth between me so the, so the first game was like me me and my girlfriend and my parents against my buddy and his girlfriend and his parents it was like a a family's thing that happened like okay. on complete random. Like we did the pull names out of a hat and it still ended up being that way. So, um, so we, we struggled the first game and then we moved on to try bond. Have you ever played that? I have not. So basically what it is, is they'll give you like three, three things. So let's say it's, um, this is just off the top of my head, but say it's, uh, it's like Sammy Sosa, Brian Urlacher, and oh Christ, um, David. Don't Postenbach. yell your last name. Come on. 
David Posternock. Like they give you those three names, you have to say what what all do they have in common? They all have bear bear mascots. Okay. Cubs were except so what? So that one ended up being um, basically the the quote unquote kids, despite us all being around the age of thirty, against the the parents, and we the kids end up struggling. I don't think my team won any games on on Saturday. Oh. Oh, so, it, it's like a mix. Like, they're not letting you win, but it's still disheartening that you couldn't even get a double on your birthday. Right, right, yeah. And then we did, like, a guys versus girls version. And I actually, you know what? I think we did a best two out of three of the guys versus girls, and we split the first two and then lost the third one. So, uh, yeah, it was still pretty disheartening, but it was fun. We had we had a good night. Um uh sangria was a drink of choice that night and uh we had a good time oh well well there you go um mm-hmm. one one more question yeah. you mentioned the the brewery what kind of drinks were you getting into because i can guarantee there was no lucky streak there there was not any lucky streak there i kind of threw it around the table a little bit we had uh start off with like a coffee porter which is an incredibly aggressive move on a 135 degree day in Pennsylvania in July, um, right. went with a couple of those, and then we went to like a Western IPA, which um, for those who don't quite know what that is, it's like it's kind of like an IPA, but like the hops aren't as noticeable. They're a little bit weaker when you're drinking it, so okay. um, it's not as bitter or anything. So um, that was like a nice one to kind of end the day and kind of just relax and. Um, I had to make sure I had to wash myself because we had we had a roller hockey game that night. Um, still had two goals despite drinking. So you know there how you are go. you? So yeah. So uh, yeah. So we had, we had a good good weekend celebrating the uh, twenty nine years ago on Saturday that I I made my entrance into the world. Well, I mean you can't beat that. Um, I'm gonna try next month, but I don't think I can beat that. Mm. So you'll be what? 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 What milestone are you reach, reaching? I'll be at twenty-eight. Okay. Okay. I c- I couldn't remember if we were two years or or just one year apart. Yeah. I mean, technically, if you just look at the numbers, it's two, but it's only like a year and a month. Yeah. So, but um, Jeff, I'm, I have a hat on. It's the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think beautiful that's, hat, uh, beautiful hat. Oh yeah, I mean overall, like the hat is. Pretty money. I put it in a in top ten, maybe current, uh, or at least I think this version is the current one. I, I think this could make top ten current with all mm-hmm. the hats in baseball right now, and I think that's a great place to start. Is the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be the only team in Major League Baseball that will not be playing their games in their home stadium, or even in their home city? Or even in their home country, Jeff. Uh, Canada has basically barred them from having all their friends from the, uh, what was it? I, I guess the, the southern country of the United States of America. Having all the other teams come up there whenever they had to play and play in the Rogers Center. Canada wasn't about that. They're, they're shutting MLB away and letting Toronto play elsewhere in the States. Uh, before we get into any options of where they might play, Jeff, what was your decision of this? And is this the right move? Uh, I mean, I guess for Canada. 
Uh, I would say it's the right move because, um, especially with the NHL being in Hub City in Toronto too, um, I I just think that if you look at the two situations, because the first thing that you kept hearing was, well, you know, you're sending a whole league up there, but, you know, people can't come in and out um, for baseball. And the situations are completely different because they're just letting everybody in with the NHL, and that's it. They're they're closing the door, locking the key, and saying, you're here, get comfortable, because you're going to be here for a while. Where with baseball, you're going to be having, you know, the Yankees come into town, and then you're going to have the Braves come into town, and then you're going to have the Mets come into town. You're going to have all these different people coming in and out of your country, and Lord knows what, you know, what the um, situation is, whether, like, who has COVID, who doesn't, everything like that. So I think it's a smart move. However, I will say that um, it's a tough look on Major League Baseball to not be prepared for this, and now they're scrambling going into uh, – opening day, which is a mere 48 hours away. Right. And I was not really shocked, but I was a little confused at first why Canada is doing this. Because it, to me at first, almost seemed like a double standard with what they're doing with the NHL and what they're doing with the Toronto Blue Jays. But taking it back in a little bit more now, I'm starting to understand why Canada decided to make this decision. And that was to basically cover their tracks of having so much in and out uh, with one team and um, being so close to where, I mean, how close is the Rogers center to, um, is it Scotiabank? Is that? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, we'll call it the Air Canada Center because that's what I'll always know it as. Um, <laughs> right, I mean, they're basically within a half mile. Yeah, they're down the street from each other. So, like, yeah. you know. You're, you're, if, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but you have, um, I'm assuming, 12 teams, 12 NHL teams, plus everyone else associated with those teams in that city from the States. And then you're also going to have a pipeline of teams coming from, Let's. I mean, let's just throw it out there. You got two Florida teams. You got Tampa Bay and Miami. I think Miami would only make one trip up there, but Tampa Bay has a chance to have two, maybe three trips there. And we all know the the stories about Florida, whether or not how much the numbers are are fixed in there, we're not sure. But it's still considered one of the the hottest spots for COVID right now. So to be able to prevent that from coming into the country when you're trying to stay as clean as possible. And almost have like a minimum two week quarantine when you get into that country. I mean, the NHL has that chance to get comfortable, like you said. They're going to lock the door behind you, even if you get eliminated right away. You're still probably going to be hanging around there until it's time to leave. And then there's teams like you know Montreal and Calgary, and uh, I mean Edmonton's going to be in Edmonton, but and Toronto themselves, you, you already have some of those teams in that country. So it's going to be easier for some teams to leave if they get eliminated early as opposed to others. So, like I said, at first I was just kind of very confused by this decision by Canada. But the more I'm able to process it, the more I understand it. Right. I mean, we talked about before the show, um, before the show started um, in our kind of like, I guess, call it a pregame talk or whatever. But um we were saying that like it's kind of like when you're growing up in Pittsburgh and you had the screen door and you kept going in and out, in and out, in and out. 
parents always put the kibosh on that one. They said, you're either in or you're out. And that's basically what Canada's doing to the Blue Jays right now. Yeah, so I I can see why this is being turned into Canada just basically saying, hey, you're not playing here, you're not, your friends aren't coming here, sorry. So let's move <laughs> on. You mentioned Pittsburgh, Jeff. Pittsburgh, yeah. along with, um, I believe, two other cities, Buffalo and I think Dunedin, Florida, but I think Dunedin's already been shot down because of how the distance and being a hotspot. Those are the two cities that are being linked to possibly hosting the the Toronto Blue Jays this year. But interestingly enough, with Pittsburgh being one of the cities, you also have another baseball team playing there. But when looking at the schedules, I'm going to pull it up too, but this is based off memory of what I've listened to so far, is that the Blue Jays could, if barring weather, um, delays, uh, postponements, anything like that, if they have the time to play postponed games, um, there's a chance that Toronto could play 25, if not 27, of their 30 home games in Pittsburgh while not interfering with Pittsburgh's home schedule, which I think is just unbelievable that that was even set up that way. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy that... I mean, they they, they didn't have to do any kind of... messing with the schedule. That's just how the schedule organically came out, right? Yeah, I mean, there there wasn't any um, messing with the schedule after Toronto got kicked out like 24 hours ago. Um, well, longer than that, like 72 hours ago. So it's it's just insane how you have that distance, which is probably roughly like six hours. And then you have Buffalo in between where you could house your taxi squad, uh, depending on what's going on in Buffalo, which is about, what would you say? Uh, Buffalo is probably about... Five from Pittsburgh, I think. Four or five. I, I, I thought it'd be a little bit closer. Eh, it's yeah, about four or four five. And a half five. Like yeah, because it's honestly right be- it's about right between Pittsburgh and Toronto. So I mean, you you're pretty much Toronto's in that in that setup where the, if they're in Pittsburgh and they can house a taxi squad a taxi squad in Buffalo, it's not that bad of a deal for them. Yeah, not not bad at all. Um, and and like we said, they just have that one little um, what what was it eight games or something that they they wouldn't be able to do because of a schedule that I'm sure they'll probably figure out between those two teams. I mean, you know, it, those games might not matter because both those teams stink anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, it, for it to work out as clean as it as it did and. Um, geographically, you could keep it there. The only thing I'd be curious about, though, how does that work with that they want to keep, like, the divisions kind of geographically together? Like, they want to keep the AL and NL East together and, you know, AL, NL Central, et cetera, et cetera. How does that work? Does that not just blow up that whole theory then? That I mean, that's a, another big question mark with all of this is because – you mentioned about locking the screen door in Pittsburgh when you're in and out, in and out. Like you're either in or you're out. You're that's screen door swinging open for sixty straight days. When it, if it if it comes to the Blue Jays playing majority of their home games in Pittsburgh, so at that point, what? 
how do you try to decide what is fair in all of this and what is going to be feasible for the Blue Jays? Which, by the way, not that they were going to do anything this year, but just because of how they're getting thrown around, they have the possibility of getting last because the, the geographical location of this team might move around all summer long when it comes <laughs> to home games. So that they have a chance just because of they don't know where they're playing. It's just they might be in last this year. And I'm it, not saying they would probably be better than the Pirates if they were just comfortable in Toronto playing, but Oh, I mean I, they're I playing know. probably the two best divisions in baseball too. Their their own division, the AL, AL East and the NL East too. So right. I mean So it, it just it doesn't nothing is fitting well for the Toronto Blue Jays. No, nah, just their uniforms. Um but one thing about all this is what I'm curious about is Jeff, let's just say somehow, somehow the Blue Jays got on a run and was in a playoff push and made the playoffs and we get October baseball in Pittsburgh and there's another freaking team from another freaking country hosting it. How insane would that be for this city? Oh, that would suck for you, for you Bucko fans, huh? Well, I'm, I'm trying to give perspective of having October baseball if it wasn't your own team hosting the games in that stadium that you can't even attend in the first I, place. I think it, I think I'd be okay with it if they're from the AL. I mean, there's not too many teams in the American League that I don't like just because you don't see them that often. Um, I'd say it's more of um, certain players, I guess, that you don't like. So as long as it's not like a Boston – like. Like, if Boston played in Pittsburgh, I would actively root against them. Oh, for sure. Uh, um, and the Yankees, just because they're the Yankees. No, I, see, I don't get that same feeling from the Yankees anymore. Well, I mean, not not as much as when they were, like, really winning. Especially, what, they haven't won since 09. And but, that's, a, an, that's an eternity for the Yankees. The, the one thing, though, with the Yankees, though, that I've always respected, though, is, you know, everybody bitches and complains they spend all this money, and that, that's true, 100%, but they've also built from their own system, and they've built around it with the free agents, where, like, Boston tries to play this, like, oh, we're the, we're the underdog, and we're, you know, we're never going to be like the Yankees when they're exactly like the Yankees, so I think that's the difference there between Boston and New York. Oh, true, but I it's just I I say just because they are the Yankees, I'm not saying that you have to feel the same way. Right. The Yankees are the Yankees. You hate them mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of them. That's yeah. how I feel about them. Uh, it's, okay. And it's not it's not as pure as some other teams. It's just there. Like yeah, Boston. No. I got you. I think LA would be another one. The Dodgers, like I'm not a big fan of them. I'm sick of them. No, but it's also kind of funny to see how they got screwed over by the Astros, which, I mean, that didn't deter them from winning the World Series, but I digress. Yeah, so. Um, so let's have some fun now, Jeff. I mean, Please. it's not that we weren't already having fun <laughs> talking to each other like we do every week, but opening day is coming up real quick, and I don't think, like, I think we've been over this before. I don't get the same enjoyment with how we've got to this point because of everything that's uh, unraveled in our life. But it 
I'm going to get it once I start to watch it again. I think once I start to see the highlights of from Thursday night, I'm going to watch a little bit of the game or at least make an attempt to. Um, but then I think my, my buckos play while never I'm at work. So I'll see if I can just get some audio going or I thought they play. I thought they played at like, like eight o'clock Friday night. I thought they were playing at noon. So no, I'm pretty sure they play it Friday night. I, I can pull that up, but, uh, regardless, yeah, 8, 15 Friday night, pal, you're good. All right, that's a lot better for me. I like that. But anyway, it's just I'm I'm going to maybe get that euphoria again once I turn on the TV, but I'm not getting that sense of excitement anymore, um, probably like you would have been in April. And I bet you're still getting that because you know, the Braves still have that that basically, I wouldn't say automatic chance because they still got to get through. I mean, the Nationals are still a tough team. Not saying that the Braves are worse than them, but your team has a much better chance of playing into this October on this shortened season, maybe with like a, a well, like a forty-two and eighteen record, and right. and doing some big damage. But is your excitement level as high as it should be? I will say my excitement level changed Friday when I or was it Friday, Thursday or Friday when I found out Freddie Freeman was cleared to jo- join. Uh, summer camp. Um, leading into that, I was like, okay, Braves are coming back. That's cool. That's awesome. You know, we're not going to have Freddie, but, you know, we still have Acuna. We still have Albies. You know, we still have a good supporting cast. Our pitching's awesome. Um, but when I found out Freddie Freeman was coming back, that's when I ramped up and said, you know, let's go. Like, here we go. We're going to, we're going to go after it here. And, you know, we'll, we'll win the East, you know, and then we take on, yeah, whoever we play in the National League in the in the playoffs, and you know, let's get going here. So, um, it took a bit, but I think that was be- mostly because our superstar first baseman was sick and wasn't is possibly not going to start start the season on time. Which it sounds like they're making every damn effort they can to make sure he gets his at bats and everything in, so he can play on Friday. Right. So. So basically what we're trying to say is because Jeff, uh, is his favorite team is much better than my favorite team. He's more <laughs> excited than I am, which is fair, but that's not to say I'm excited for the Buccos to like, let's just throw this out there. Start 12 and six or 12 and four, or they were 12 and six to begin last season. I do remember that and get really excited because the pitching was really good. And then it falls apart. But when you start 12 and six and 60 game stretch, you you it will get a little bit higher, um, higher excitement, and you start to see where a you can either look at this positively and see where you can strike right away, or b you can try to decide where it's going to fail. So, Jeff, before I start talking myself into a worse mood, let's get into some predictions with some odds. All right. So I'm thinking. We should probably get into some more, some more futures picks that we won't spend a lot of time on, okay? Uh, with players, okay. And now I'm going based off the the sports book of FanDuel. And Jeff, okay. what do you got? I got uh, River the Rivers Casino. You know, 
Uh, yeah, the one that uh, Jerome Bettis and his uh, bud stole from Mario when we were trying to get the arena. But, um, yeah, so basically I have, like, most saves, most strikeouts, that stuff, Cy Young, um, Rookie of the Year, and MVP. So let's let's look at American League MVP, if you got those odds in front of you. Yep. So based off mine, I'll just go over the top four. Uh, we got Mike Trout at plus 195, Aaron yeah. Judge at plus 950, Frankie Lindor at plus 1,200, and Alex Bregman at plus 1,500. Okay. Uh, for mine, I, ha- I have very close. I have Trout at plus 200, Judge at plus 800, Lindor at plus 1,000, and the only switch that I have on mine is Anthony Rendon is at plus 1,400. And Bregman's right below him at plus 2,000. Yeah, mine was, I had, well, my computer tab just switched on me. I was opening something else. I got Rendon at number five at plus 1,600. So basically pretty even with one another. And if I'm trying to go between, let's just throw in the top five now because we have that. I would I would be debating picking between Aaron Judge and Francisco Lindor. I think those two guys probably have the best chance of these top five guys to to capture that award. Um, one one note I saw here with the American League MVP, unless otherwise stated, teams must play 30-plus games for bets to stand. So as long as we get 30 games in this season, you have a chance to cash in on one of these guys. I think Mike Trout, as great as he always is, in this short stretch of time, it's just there's no value in betting on a guy like him for that. In a full season, possibly, but not for these 60 games. You're getting a ton of more value with anyone else that you pick. And just because you're getting more money back on it, I'm I'm going to go with Francisco Lindor because he looked, well, he was excellent against the, the Buccos yesterday, putting up a dinger in that one. Um I just Not think overall hard. he's just such a he's just such a, a smooth player and I don't know if this is the last year of his contract before I I'd have to look that up because I don't know if he's looking to play um elsewhere or not because I know the Indians may have been trying to shop him but I think Francisco Lindor would be like best value and best overall pick out of the, what, the guys we mentioned I agree with you too um and I, I, I just clicked it in my bet slip here. Um, I think the one thing that could really help Francisco Lindor, not only with what you what you just said with how good he looks and you know on on a good place in a good place right now to put up a really good year, and the fact that he might be getting moved somewhere, he's trying to put on a good rehearsal for the team that he gets traded to. I think if he can help the Indians beat out the Twins for the, the division in the Central, which, you know, some people are saying the Twins are heavily favored. I wouldn't say they're in the in the same category as the Dodgers or the Yankees, but if he can get the Indians to end up winning the AL Central, I think that pushes his value that much higher. And if, if the Angels have another year where they're kind of like third or fourth or they're, they're really struggling um, – you know, in in the American League West, I think this could absolutely push Francisco Lindor in the in the MVP race. It, but he has to have a good year to go along with the success of the Indians. Right. Um, 
if I'm going to throw in a bonus pick, out, especially outside of the top five, because I thought about going with uh, this man, but I kind of pulled myself back, was Matt Chapman. Because this is time for this is the time for Oakland to strike with a shortened season, plus how much people still hate the Astros. And the, the A's have been right nipping on the heels at the Astros um, with like a 98-win season, I believe it was last year, and just multiple 90-win seasons with the team that they have. But being in the wild card game and then just getting ousted, they haven't had a chance to really show what they can do. So that's kind of like a dark horse pick for me would be Matt Chapman. Yeah, that would be a good one. Um, I don't know. Just hundred, by the way. Yeah, I have him at plus two thousand on mine. Um, I think the one that, I mean, you look. Everybody kind of like just cancels everybody out, right? So like, Mike Trout would cancel out Rendon. Um, Judge, I mean, Glaber, he would cancel out Glaber Torres, who's also at a plus two thousand. Um, I think Matt Chapman, like you said, I, I hate when we agree on, on stuff like this because <laughs> it's not as good a content here. But I think Matt Chapman is not a bad one either. But, um, I mean, you're an idiot if you think that the Houston Astros are going to get any individual awards this year, right? <laughs> I mean, unless they put up ungodly numbers, yes. But, but I mean, the, the MVP is voted on by the media, yes? Um, yes. So how hypocritical would that be? If they're like, oh, Alex Bregman, congratulations, you're the MVP. You also cheated last year, but hey, Barry Bonds, screw you. You're never getting in the Hall of Fame. How does right. that make sense? <laughs> but baseball yeah, would a... end up making it, having it make sense. All right. I, as much as I agree with you as well there, there's some some to talk about, but let's move on to the NL. Okay. So what I got for top, let's go top five again, right? Unless, okay. unless we have a disagreement there, um, or with the with the sports books, um, Mookie Betts at plus six hundred, Christian Yelich at plus six fifty, Ronald Acuna Jr. at plus seven hundred, your boy, uh, Cody Bellinger plus eight hundred, and uh, Juan Soto at plus nine hundred. Okay, so for my top five, I have Mookie Betts plus five fifty. Bellinger at plus 700, Yelich at plus 700, Ronnie at plus 900, and Juan Soto at plus 1,000. Who you like here? Well, I'm going to let you go first, but I am also, and this is not to no, this is not to toot your own horn with the team that you root for, but if you don't pick Acuna at plus 900 on those odds, I'm, I'm confused why. It's a lot of value there, and I, I, I like it. Um I like it too for the fact that Betts and Bellinger should cancel each other out there, right? Like we talked about with the and they, the American they should, side. but one can still have that spectacular season, but it's just a matter of who do you pick the, if you want to go that route. So my only question there, though, is with like these MVP things, is like when you have two superstars like that, though, in such a short year, how are you able to separate yourself from each other, though? Because like that's kind of what we're given in 162 games is that like, okay, you know, here's where he was able to separate. And I mean, if, if one of these guys has a bad first, you know, 10, 13 games, like that could crush their MVP hopes. Right. Or a guy like Acuna. Yeah. You know, especially too, if they just, if the Braves decide Freddie Freeman's not going to start the first three or four games and, and Acuna gets some jumping off to like a three and one start four and O start. I mean, 
that propels that not, that plus 900 and it looks pretty good for you off the hop and i think they i think if he got 40 40 last year i think he's uh or i'm sorry 30 30 i think he was right was he chasing or was it 40 40 Acuna Jr. was chasing 40-40, but 40, just came I, up short. I think if he gets 40-40 last year, I think he was the MVP. So if he's – whatever the media decides to put that benchmark at with such a limited year, um, you know, I, it, I, I think he has a really solid, good opportunity to just stand out that much more for the Atlanta Braves and be that more important to them. They all know Freddie Freeman's the heart and soul, but the most valuable player, um, I think, it would be Ronald Acuna – and, I mean, if I'm a homer, then so be it. <laughs> well, here, I'd, I would call you more of a homer if you were on FanDuel Sportsbook with plus 700. A plus 900, I mean, go for it. Soak that soak that one in. Parlay it with your other one and make <laughs> some real money. But yeah. I'm thinking for my pick, because of where Acuna Jr. sits at on my board, I would not take him. Now, granted, what's the reasons that you put up there for what an MVP could be in a shortened season, he's either going to just just basically steal the show or have a little slump in there that's going to ruin him. But at those odds, I'm not really as much a fan of him. The only person I would pick above him on my board would be Christian Yelich, and just because of how smooth he's been ever since moving to Milwaukee. and But I'm not going to take him just because of the injury that shortened the season last year, which I think he still should have won MVP because I can't remember if he did or not. Um, So of the top five that we mentioned, I'm going Juan Soto at plus 900 because just like last year, how basically him and everyone else got off to that horrid start at like, what, 19 and 31. So in this season, they go 19 and 31. There's no world, there's no World Series title in Washington. But... I think this team is, has gelled enough together after that first year that they might be able to get back into the groove um, with this shortened season. And it's going to be, I think, just fun to watch Washington and Atlanta go back and forth in the standings. I mean, I don't think you see it the same way, but I think it's going to be fun watching that. So th- I, with the value and a decent pick as well, I'll, I would go Juan Soto here at plus 900. Not bad, not bad. I. In regards to the National League East race, though, it's kind of funny that, like, it's now Atlanta, Washington, and it seems like the Phillies, I mean, we'll get into this later, but I saw the Phillies at, like, a plus 320 to win the National League East, which was was fourth best behind the Mets. People, and I did this last year, people love to give the Mets props, but especially no no Thor this year, I don't see it. Yeah, no, no center guard this year, and I just don't get. I mean, maybe because they're getting Cespedes back, but I mean, is he is he that much to make a difference to to put a team that has Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, the lineup that the Phillies put out on a consistent basis to put them over the Phillies? I don't think so. No, no, that's yeah. The Phillies are getting a lot of disrespect. I think just because of what happened last year. Yeah, maybe they're all all talk. Maybe so, pi- what was that? I was gonna say maybe their pitching just isn't up to snuff where people think it should be. I mean, Aaron Nola's great, but what's after him? Um, I mean, you have 
Velasquez that has his days. You have Jake Arrieta, who once was a form of Jake Arrieta. So, I mean, you're kind of getting... um, And you already mentioned Nola, right? Yeah. Can I I cut you off there, though? Uh, You already did. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you sound like somebody who likes Philadelphia's pitching, but you don't love it. Exactly. That's where and, I'm at with it. And that's why. And, and, you know, and with pitching, you can't be like that, though, right? Well, no, I'm it's, not it's disagreeing a, with you. Right, right. Like you, like you have to be. Like it's okay to be like, oh, our number five. I think our number five could be better, or you know, I like our number five, but maybe number four could be could be upgraded. That's okay to do like certain spots, but one through five, you gotta just be like, I love our pitching. Yeah, days four and five, they're gonna they're, we're you know gonna be a battle day. But, you know, one through three, I know we're going and, and our horses are going. I just don't see it with Philadelphia that way. Um, bonus pick time for Dark Horse. I was going to go with this guy, but I think I see even more value and more potential. Ioannio Suarez at plus 2,500 for the Reds. This was supposed to be the Reds' year to be on the uprise through the NL Central. And it's going to be hit or miss with a shortened season. If that dude can do what he did last year with the bat in a 60-game span... The Reds have a chance to really rise up in the rankings and maybe even steal steal the show this year in the NL Central. That's why I'll go with Ioannio Suarez plus twenty five hundred. He's a plus five thousand on the Rivers. Oh, hammer that, please. I'm I might have to just uh, that's that that NL Central though is it is the competition between them and the AL Central good enough to get him in the in the race. Because he's not in a big market, remember that. If he's not he, in a big if he, market. If the numbers, if he bats three fifty, let's and that might not even be a, a low number. Uh, if he bats three fifty, is a low number. Uh, in sixty games. Because I'm trying to any, prorate this. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to see that though. I think the pitching's going to dominate for the first two weeks of this thing. Yeah, the first two weeks, but I'm trying. I'm like I'm still trying to take. I don't know the algorithms that don't even exist in my head to see if, if someone gets on a real hot streak, like eight for 10 in a span to maybe start the season or early in the first month of the season, they have a chance to have a really high average for a 60 game season. Okay. It's not impossible. Okay. But all right, you got a bonus pick or you want to move on? Yeah, I do got a bonus pick and I'm stuck between two guys and they're both guys. I should hate because of the team I root for. Um, Jonas Cespedes is a plus 4,000 just because maybe he's that game breaker that the Mets have been missing since they got him, what, in 2015? A long time ago. Yeah, 2015, and it just seems like he's ran into injuries and stupid stuff left and right. The other one is Jacob deGrom at plus 3,300. And just on the fact that if he could get, get on a run and just dominate, why not? Well, honestly, why not is the best answer to that. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I think it's it, it, it could happen. Let's move on to Cy Young and go to the American League. For the top five here, I got Garrett Cole plus 280, Justin Verlander plus 650, Shane Bieber at plus 700, Mike Clevenger at plus 900, and Blake Snell at plus 1,000. Okay, I got uh, Cole at 275, 
Um, Verlander at 700. Bieber at 800. Shane, not Justin. Um, Blake Snell at 900. And Clevlinger at plus 1,000. Um, I mean, when you have the back-to-back combo of Cole and uh, – or Cole and the, with the Yankees now, but what used to be the back-to-back combo of those guys – I think it was just a coin flip just to see who you who you would pick. Um, going for value here, I think that it would be between Verlander and Blake Snell. And because of what I think would be an easier competition to play, it would be Justin Verlander at plus 650 with playing the West versus Blake Snell of him facing the East. So I'll go with Justin Verlander there. I pretty simple reasoning just because he's been one of the best pitchers of our of our time watching baseball and facing what I what I would assume would be easier bats in the West compared to the East. I I, I like your pick. You said did you who's your final pick, sorry? Um for for the Cy Young I picked Verlander yeah. plus six fifty. You, you took Verlander, okay. Um hmm. I'm trying to not agree with me. I like it. No, no, no. I I, I am going to disagree with you on this one. Um, Blake Snell had an elbow injury last year, yes? Yes. At the end of the year. And Tyler Glasnow did as well. Correct? Uh, Tyler Glasnow was early in the year, and I he might have came back from that, but... Okay. Um... You know what? Screw it. I'm riding the Indian train. I'm going to go with Shane Bieber. Um, I, I There's something about the Indians that I just kind of like. And I'm not saying they're going to sweep them. But I, I, I think individually their players are going to take home some hardware. Um, whether I don't know if it's going to be this one. Because I think it's just a two-horse race until two of the two say, or I've had enough. But... Um, I think again, if, if, if the Indians are successful, they'll have their Cy Young guy and their MVP guy. Um, if both of them have, I don't even want to say spectacular years, but if they're, if they can play to the caliber level where they're in the, where they're in the conversation for a Cy Young or an MVP, I think they could have a good year. So that's why I'm going to shame Beaver. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really sure to go with either one of those, um, Indians pitchers. But I know they're going to be more of the featured pitchers now on that team, but it's so hard for me to go away from what's worked so well for Justin Verlander in Houston. Yeah, it's hard to bet against that right now, but I, I, I'm still curious to see how the league reacts with, with Houston. And when I, when I mean the league, I don't mean the suits in the front office. I mean the guys that matter that are between the lines. And that's players, that's managers, that's umpires, that's everybody involved in the game. I'm very curious to see how that that all plays out. Yeah, I I haven't really thought about that much myself, but I mean that's a great point you br- you bring up there, sir. No, yeah, well, I mean I did say it, so I, I know. Hey, just 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 because you know I'm very bad at taking notes. Who was your dark horse pick for the AL MVP? Dark horse. Pick for the AL MVP. Um, I think I ended up agreeing with you with Chapman. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure because then we both agreed on the same stuff in the AL. Because I want to make sure we have all this documented so people don't think we're lying. 
<laughs> so that was our um, what well, AL Cy Young picks. Who do we got for? Did the, you take uh, Dark Horse? Did you take Dark oh, Horse? Oh no, 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 no! I didn't. Um, I'll say just looking around here, just because he's in a new setting, and I'm I'm curious to see how he'll do after not playing for so long. And this is more or less just me throwing money out there and seeing if it turns into more money. I'll put money on Corey Kluber plus twenty one hundred with the Rangers and seeing how it plays out there. Not bad. He's twenty two hundred here, so that's a pretty good pick. Um, I'll throw this out here just because he's around a better team, um, and he he's not like fully associated with the Astros and their their whole scandal and everything. Uh, Zach Greinke at plus three thousand. Why not? He's he's around all those great pitchers. Um, you know, maybe he gets himself back on track. He's around a good team. He's going to get his run support. Why not? Right. Okay. So let's move on to the NL, shall we? Okay. All right. For the NL top four or top five, I have Jacob DeGrom at plus 350, Max Scherzer at plus 600, Walker Bueller at plus 750, Jack Flaherty at plus 900, and Steven Strasburg at plus 1100. I got DeGrom at 350, Scherzer at 400, Bueller, he's still looking for that ball. Acuna hit in game three. Um, he's at plus 800. Jack Flaherty at 800, Strasburg at plus 1200. All right, so who do you got? <sighs> I mean, I don't hate Strasburg at 1200. Finally got his World Series, you know. Who's to say that he, he doesn't repeat his performance, especially after the postseason he had? His name's back oh, on the no. map again, right? I feel like he kind of fell off fell off the map in the media's eyes there for about three or four years that you know, maybe this guy wasn't what we thought he was. I mean, that makes sense because he's basically in a position to pitch kind of like in that playoff form down the stretch where he just dominated everyone when he took the mound in the, in the playoffs in 2019. So I can see how the, uh, the world series MVP might flourish this season, especially at those odds. Yeah. And, you know, probably a good thing now that the nationals held him out of them playoff runs in the early 2000, 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's just, they saved him for this. Um, I'd say if you if I'm using your argument of picking Shane Bieber earlier, okay. then I'm gonna try to use the same argument with Jack Flaherty in the um in the race here for the NL Cy Young because of the division that he's facing, because of the teams that, that he's facing. If he's able to keep those numbers pretty microscopic, he can probably get over the hump with those uh big boys in front of him like Dogram and Scherzer, at least on my board, and kind of take over that spot of being top dog this year in a shortened season. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. And, I mean, the, I, I feel like the Cardinals are almost um, almost like the Phillies almost. Not necessarily because I don't like their pitching. I kind of like their pitching a lot. I mean, you go Flaherty, and we saw what Adam Wainwright did in the playoffs last year. I mean, you know, who's to say he – not necessarily – be like that game in and game out, but you know, he can give you a quality start here and there. Um, 
but I feel like they're the Phillies that they're almost getting disrespected in the Central. Like it, people were saying, it's the Cubs or the Reds. Don't don't sleep on the Cardinals. They'll call some guy up from Single A that'll throw a perfect game and look out, they're back in the race. You never ever sleep on the Cardinals, no matter what. Oh yeah, those three years I was a fan of the Pirates. You know, thinking they'd finally change their ways. Cardinals used to piss me off more than anybody. Oh, I mean, what? You still see that home run fly over you in right field, don't you, from Matt yep. Adams? Matt Adams, because uh, Justin Williams hung, or, or Justin Wilson hung that slider in on the hands. I just, fa- you know what? I just found the anniversary of that home run about two weeks ago. That's that's what uh, sparked it in my memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I shared it on Facebook or something that I still haven't forgiven Justin Wilson for giving up that home run. Well, at least it was someone from The Rock that hit it. It was, yeah. Speaking of Matt Adams, too, he's back with the Braves again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still got him to fill in when, in case something happens with Freddie Freeman. Yeah, and the DH spot, too. So, not to get off track there, but. Yeah, would, you wear, that. would you wear a Matt Adams Braves jersey? Uh, I would. You would? Okay. Yeah, birthday get, gift. Yeah, I'll <laughs> send it to your house. It'll, it'll be coming in a mail. All right. Uh, Dark Horse? Oh, Dark Horse. This one's tough because there's some names. There's some names down the list. I mean, um, Trevor Bauer at, two, at plus 2,000 is interesting. Aaron Nola at 2,200. Uh, the one, though, that I kind of circle, and here comes everybody tweeting at me and going into my Facebook messenger and everything going, you're a homer, bud. That's all you do is root for the Braves. Yeah, you're damn right I'm a homer because we got goddamn good pitching. Mike Soroka at plus 3,000. He was in the conversation last year. Um, and, I mean, he's he's getting the ball against DeGrom opening day. And uh, he pitches well when he's going against studs. When he's going against the other team's top horse, Soroka shows out. So, um, I like him a lot. He's got a full year under his belt. I don't, I don't hate him at plus three thousand. I think there's some value there. I was going to go with this name, but then I saw the person right beside him at the same value, and I thought, why the hell wouldn't I pick Soroka over Chris Paddock at both plus twenty seven hundred? Chris Paddock had a very under the radar great year with the Padres, but. Just nothing came about it. So, I mean, of, of the two, I would definitely pick Soroka over him. And I'll agree with you here. I just think Soroka's um, becoming one of those top dogs. But for some reason, isn't getting the love right now that I think should be uh, deserving of at plus 2,700. Um, Sonny Gray do anything for you? Plus 2,300? Eh, kind of. I'd rather pick Bauer over him. What about plus 4,000, which is what I get him at? Um, yeah, that, per- that perks my interest more. Just because he – are they considering Trevor Bauer the ace of that staff? Yes. Why? I, I'd say if you're getting the best performance from one over the other right now, it is Trevor Bauer. But I think overall in a career span, it definitely is Sonny Gray. Okay. All right. So last one, and then we'll try to wrap this up because I realize how much time we're, we're talking about this. It's just fun to talk about gambling, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been able to gamble since March, so, and I'm sure I'm sure my girlfriend is just loving this part of the show too because she's an avid listener. Uh, well, uh, we appreciate the avid listeners, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. All 
All right. How about AL Rookie of the Year? Um, as I get this lined up, I don't even think I put him. I like locked in my pick yet on through FanDuel, so I'm going to do mm. that. Rookie, and unfortunately, you cannot parlay these because holy hell, would that be a lot of money? Yeah, I think uh, it won't. It won't even say who, what all these are. Um, well, trying to pull up Rookie of the Year right now, and nothing's coming up for me, Jeff, so I hope you got me covered. Yeah, I got something here. Just give me a second, because I had to check my odds here. Um, uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh, I don't think no, there's I'm any good. Rookie I'm of good. the Year's now. No, nah, I got I got them here. Uh, you might have to help me on names, because I never know these guys until they make a difference in baseball. Um, Luis Robert? Yeah, I believe I think so. Yeah. Okay. Plus two twenty five. Uh, Jesus Lazardo plus four hundred. Mm-hmm. Brendan McKay uh, plus six fifty, and Casey Mize at plus nine hundred. I'm gonna stop there because there's a Japanese guy that I just know I'm gonna butcher his name. Okay, so I think the if you're looking for value, um, you're definitely looking at those last two guys between McKay and Mize. Mize has been, I think he was the number one pick in 2017 with the Tigers. And I think they had him just set up and kind of just doing closer setup roles at first and then trying to just expand his arm um, slowly. And so if he gets a chance to kind of rise up this year with, I believe, the Tigers, I could be wrong on this. I'm not looking it up, even though I have the internet in front of me. Um, <laughs> I, I think Casey Mize wouldn't be a bad pick, but I'm going to go with Brendan McKay myself because he's a real big utility guy for the Rays. And if there's anyone that loves utility in all of the league, um, I think it's the Tampa Bay Rays. So I would go McKay at plus 650, according to your odds. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anything about rookies until they start coming up on MLB Network or anything like that. So I'll just go Casey Mize at plus 900. Why the hell not? Hey, I mean, even though we only did one Rookie of the Year last year because we were early on with our podcast and we just kind of really, I mean, we kind of do it the same way, but we're a little more experienced doing it now. Um, we just kind of threw it out there and, and saw what happened. Um, I'm trying to go repeat on one of these picks for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you you did strike lightning in a bottle there with uh... – with uh, your Edie boy, Alonso. Alonso. Yep. Yep. I'll give oh. you credit on that one. That was a good one for you. Hey, I mean, all I did was just literally Google search grapefruit batting averages, and I saw his name, looked him up. I'm like, yeah, I'll go with him. <laughs> all right. So you got Casey Mize. What do we got for the um, the NL? I'm trying to find that, actually. Ashley Cy Young, MVP, American League rookie. Folks. Folks of the Rivers, really not uh, keen on the National League rookie of the or rookie of the year. Yeah, we might not have picks here. Maybe not. Hmm. Well, I, I, I'm thinking we just might leave this blank for now. Yeah, I'd say just leave it blank for now until we find something. Because I know the one player that was projected to be rookie of the year was Gavin Lux. He's not even on the opening day roster with the Dodgers. So, um, as far as anyone else off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, I have no idea. So, so yeah. All right, those are our futures. I mean, according to my list, 
I got Francisco Lindor for MVP pick, Dark Horse Matt Chapman. I got Soto NL MVP with Eduardo Suarez, Dark Horse pick. Um, well, those odds being plus 1,200, plus 1,800, and then plus 900, plus 2,500. Uh, A.O. Cy Young, I got Verlander at plus 650. Uh, Dark Horse, I got Corey Kluber at plus 2,100. NL Cy Young, Jack Flaherty at plus 900. Dark Horse, Mike Soroka at plus 2,700. AL Rookie of the Year, Brendan McKay. I'm not going to put down the odds just because I've been going off FanDuel Sportsbook, so I'll change that later. And then NL Rookie of the Year, we'll text each other about this later and then put it on Facebook and Twitter. So, Jeff, I mean, do you have the list in front of you, or do you just need me to read your picks? I, I just read my picks because mine's kind of a, a mess. I don't have, like, the dark horses or anything. Go for it. Or, or do you need me to do it? No, I need you to. Okay, so just the just the picks. Yeah. Okay, you got Francisco Lindor. Uh, your dark horse was Matt Chapman. Uh, your NL MVP pick was your boy Ronald Acuna Jr. Dark Damn horse, right. Yoannis uh, Cespedes. AL Cy Young pick was Shane Bieber. Don't call me Justin. And dark horse is Zach Greinke. NL Cy Young pick Steven Strasburg. Dark horse Mike Soroka. And AL Rookie of the Year pick Casey Mize. We'll figure out the NL Rookie of the Year later. Those are my picks. I realized, too, that I both my picks have uh, Indian-named teams. So I think I'm going to get bombarded with uh, race that I, I, don't, I don't like Indians or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Will be the first whatever. time you get bombarded over something that you picked, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, so um, as I leave those picks over there on the side on my bet slip, let's get into the divisions, and then after divisions, we can just go straight World Series picks, and then I think we can end the show. I think so. So, Jeff, do you want to lead it off here? And uh, uh, you pick the division first. All right. We'll just go. I'm just going in the order of what the first division that pops up here. Um, I got the American League Central up here. Um, let's just do the, what, the top three, cause it seems like yeah. that's, that's the, the thing here. I mean, you can uh, just read off the odds and then we're just going to do a quick pick. Okay. Uh, AL central, you got the twins minus 130. You got the Indians plus 265 white Sox at plus 285 Royals at plus 9,000 and the Detroit Tigers for mega value at plus 13,000. All right, and then for Mayan with the AL Central, Twins at minus 130, Indians plus 260, White Sox plus 310, Kansas City plus 6,500, and Detroit at plus 800. Oh. So I'll, I'll, the floor is yours first. Uh, I'm going to take the Indians here. I think the Indians are going to make a good push here. Um, we talk, we've talked about it with the individual awards and everything that, uh, you know, Francisco Lindor might be on his way out after this year. So um, I think it's like kind of like their their version of their last dance or last gasp at making a run here. So um, I think they compete with the Twins and end up being them out for the division. It's it's not a bad guess. I mean, really, they, they've basically been there for most of this past decade, and the Twins just came, I'd say, like came out of nowhere last year, was with the, especially the season that they had. But... Excuse me. Um, I'm going to also try to go for value on this and pick the Chicago White Sox just because oh. I think they've been trying to add enough 
during this offseason that they were looking to compete in the 162-game season. If they can get off to a right start, they're in the right path to be in the the playoffs this season in a shortened season. So give me the uh, the White Sox at plus 310, according to the FanDuel Sportsbook. So neither of us are taking the Twins, which is the heavy favorite so far. I and think it's it's been so disappointing to watch this Twins team never really flourish, especially since 91, since the last time they won the World Series. So and every time they make the playoffs, they just get slapped around by the Yankees. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of disheartening just to watch this team. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I it, this might be the one division where it's like, it's, a, it's almost like it's, it's up for grabs, but it's not. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's end up going to be. Do you want to take it from the Twins, or do you want to just let them walk off into the sunset with your, with your division title? Exactly. So, all right. So, yeah, White Sox at plus three ten. I'm just keeping this from my own notes and talking out loud. So let's move on to the NL Central. And thank you for taking the the reins earlier, Jeff. I was, like, too busy typing. That's why I wanted you to read first earlier. Gotcha, gotcha. So we got the Cubs in the NL Central at plus 230, tied with the Reds at plus 230, Cardinals at plus 240, Brewers at plus 350, and the Pirates right there in the neck of it all at plus 7,000. So that's the odds for the NL Central, according to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, so uh, what I got, I got Cubs at 225, Reds at 230, Cardinals at 240, Brewers at 325, and the Suckbag Pirates at plus 7,000. At least uh, the Rivers and Fandle agree on the Pirates. Yeah. All right, um, I'll go first here. And I think just because I was really on board with him for a full season, to, I guess I thought would be a dark horse, but not according to the odds here. Um, I would give it to the Reds just because I think this is finally their time to to rise. I know the Cardinals aren't really being slighted here because they're basically what they're two forty to two thirty is barely a difference. So I would give it to the Reds here, but it's not going to be um, a far a far lead by any chance. This might go down to the last game of the season in the NL Central. I like the Cardinals here. I talked about it when we were talking about Jack Flaherty possibly winning the Cy Young Award. Um, I I like St. Louis. I think they they've been given um, very little um, respect in this division. In a division that um, the Brewers aren't good. Um, I don't know if the Reds are ready to be there. Um, and I don't know about the Cubs. Are the Cubs going to bounce back after last year, after a disappointing year? So I like the Cardinals. They're probably the most uh, consistent um, team in this division and probably in baseball. So I like the Cardinals here at uh, plus 240. I think the only reason I don't like picking the Reds here, but I'm going to stick with them, two things. David Bell is a manager. And like you just mentioned, are they ready to just kind of take over? But in a shortened season, anything's possible. Right. So let's move on to the East, shall we? Okay. So for the AL East, we got the Yankees at minus 290, the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 300, the Boston Red Sox at plus 1200, the Toronto Blue Jays at plus 2200, and the Baltimore Orioles. And God, I didn't think it'd be this over double the worst odds than the Pirates. The Orioles at plus 15,000. 
Okay, I got uh, Yankees 305. That's a minus 305, by the way. Um, Tampa Bay at plus 350. Boston at plus 800. Uh, the Blue Jays at plus 2,700. And the Baltimore Orioles at plus 25,000. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you went first uh, last time for the AL, so take it away. How do you not take the Yankees here? I mean, I'm planning on parlaying these picks just to have some fun and put my money where my mouth is. Can um, you parlay those picks? Because I know on the I, with, with uh, the FanDuel, at least with the MVP picks, I couldn't. I believe you can because I was screwing around with it earlier. Um, okay. I, I think you can as long as you don't add like your World Series picks or who's coming out of the, the National League for the World Series. Right. Okay. Uh, so... Um, I'm going to take the Yankees here just because I just don't see how anybody in this division can compete with them. I agree with you. I don't think it's up for much discussion other than the Rays um, just using some dark voodoo magic to stay in it in a 60-game season because I think they're the only other competent team built um, like a full baseball squad should be, but they're basically the opposite of the Yankees when it comes to how much money is spent on that team. Now, that doesn't say the Yankees don't have a good farm system because they do, but just the the way the Rays were built in comparison to the Yankees is like miles difference just because of that payroll. So give it to the Yankees here. Mine's at minus 290. So for the – right, do you have anything else to add? or No, I just want to update where I'm at right now on this parlay. I'm at uh, plus – 1,551. And that's off two picks, right? That's off three picks. That's the Indians, Cardinals, and Yankees. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I mean, I'm liking this so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see so, I'll see what I can do. Because um, I think I'm just going to put in a dollar each on the, uh, on the futures. Yeah, okay. And just see what happens. But um, NL East time i already know jeff's pick but we're still going to read the odds anyway we got the braves at plus 200 the nationals at plus 240 the mets at plus 290 the phillies at plus 320 and then the marlins at plus 10,000 on Fandor. suck on that suck on that jeter <laughs> what are your odds um i got braves at plus 215 how are you um na- nationals at 250 you guys suck the, the Mets at 275 enjoy third place. The Phillies at 325. You guys are the most underachieving team in the division. And the Miami Marlins at plus 10,000. Welcome back to your home. You've been there for the last 10 years. All right, he yes, got so Jeff. Jeff picked the Braves. I already know that. I don't even <laughs> have to let him go after me. And it's tough for me to pick anyone else aside from two teams, but it's really tough for me to not pick the Braves here, Jeff. It, I mean, just because of the success that the Nationals had last year, um, I don't know if they are... I don't know if they can just compete with the overall youth in a sprint of a season compared to a marathon that they're going to go going to go through against the Braves. So I think, as much as I hate to say this, just because, A, I'm agreeing with you, and we've done that a lot, and B, it's your team. I'm going to go with the Braves. Yeah, the only team I, I, I honestly truly can can uh, look at this and say, like, oh, they'll give the Braves a run 
despite what all the media says, because I, I know I pitch about this every year, but it seems like the media never gives the Braves their due. Like, it seems like they're always picking the flavor of the month of the, of the NL East, and it's never the Atlanta Braves. Um, but, I, I mean, it, it's fair to say we have to watch out for the Washington Nationals. I mean, they're, yeah. they're a good ball team. It's just a matter of can they keep going, keep the momentum going from what they pulled off last year. Right. So let's move on to the AL West. AL West, we got the Houston Astros at plus, or excuse me, minus one forty-five. Oakland Athletics plus two thirty. Los Angeles Angels plus five hundred. Texas Rangers at plus eighteen hundred. Seattle Mariners plus ninety hundred. I got Houston at minus 155, Oakland at plus 230, the Angels at plus 550, Texas at plus 1600, Seattle at plus 8000. Um, for this one, I'm going Oakland. I'm going Oakland, and it's honestly just a gut feel. I, I, I Something about Houston, and like we talked about earlier, that we don't know how the league and – Again, when we say league, we mean the guys that matter that are between the lines. How are they going to react to everything that came out earlier in the winter? So, I, I like I like Oakland. Why not take a little value on it, take a run here, and see what happens? You never know. I hate that. I, I already put the pick down before you said it, and I'm like, damn it. He said it. I got the A's, too, just because of basically the same reasoning. Plus, I think the A's are built to eventually take down the Houston Astros, even though they might not have the, the higher caliber names. They're still a great baseball team when you get all the guys on the field. So, Were you ever te- – sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just going to give it to the A's just because you're also getting that value as well. Were you ever tempted to take the L.A. Angels? I was, but I'm not doing it just because I think if you need to let Joe do Joe things there for a year or two, and then it's time to get on board with the Angels. You think you're a wild card team? They have a chance. They have a chance to do it, but I don't think they're winning the division over those two teams ahead of them. Okay. So really, I think they're getting in as a road wild card team if they were to make it this year. Okay. Um, NL West. And then it's time for our World Series pick, which is... Can we just say this one on three? Because, I mean, I don't even know if it's really even worth going through the odds. After I say the odds, because I think it's just funny to say them. Okay. You got the Dodgers at minus 500. Sorry. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks plus 600. San Diego Padres plus 750. Colorado Rockies plus 3,000. San Francisco Giants plus 7,500. One, two, three... L.A. Dodgers. LA Dodgers. Yeah, I got there on here. They're minus seven fifteen. Um, so I'm, I'm getting better value. Yeah, yeah, you got better value on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, that one's just one you put in there. You know, you're gonna hit it, right? Them and the Yankees are the ones that you're like, okay, we're, we're gonna get this one, no problem. And then you sweat out the other four. I think if there's any other team to pick, it is the Arizona Diamondbacks. But it's just gonna be it's going to be if the Diamondbacks can get off to a hot start and maybe take over for the first three weeks of the season, that's the only way I see them taking it. Uh, Rivers has the Padres at plus 750, the Diamondbacks at plus 900. I don't see how the... I mean, the Padres have the names over the Diamondbacks right now with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. 
I mean, right. So, all right, going over the picks here, AL Central and NL Central were the only places where we disagreed. So I got the White Sox at plus 310, Reds plus 240, Yankees minus 290, Braves plus 200, A's plus 230, and Dodgers minus 500. Uh, I can go through mine. Uh, Indians at plus 265, Cardinals at plus 240, Yankees at minus 305, Braves at plus 215, Oakland at plus 230, and the Dodgers at minus 715, Henry Aaron. Uh, giving us a grand total on our parlay at plus 19,459, which, folks, if I would throw down $10 on that, that would get me a nice $1,945.93. Let's let it happen, folks. Let's let it happen. And if that doesn't happen, I'm going to see if I can parlay mine because I'm all over the place right now. Hopefully one of ours hits. How about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, World Series picks. Let's uh, pick our two teams. Jeff, you only need to pick one team. Um, <laughs> World Series 2020. Let's. Um, I'm just going to go through here real quick. Uh, let's see. Winning it. Wow. Um, I think this is. Yeah, this is to win it. They have the Dodgers at plus 380. Um, over the Yankees at plus 400. Astros plus 800. Braves at plus 1400. Twins 1500. Rays seventeen hundred. Uh, I'll do three more teams. Nationals eighteen hundred. Mets twenty. Mets why? What? Uh, never mind. Not the Mets. I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to say that name. I'm just going to skip over them. The Indians at plus twenty three hundred. I'll just stop there. The, why the Mets? I don't it's know either. Season. Like it, it, it's a shortened season. That's like when you take the SATs and they're like, which one of these don't belong? The Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Mets. So. Um, unless there's another team you want to pick from there uh, that I didn't already say for the matchup and then who's going to win, who do you got, Jeff? I mean, you know my pick. It's going to be the Atlanta Braves. We're going to win it this year. We're not going to start Mike fulton in game five of the NLDS. We're going to start Mike Sirocco like we're supposed to, Brian, okay? Brian Snicker, I'm talking to you down in Georgia. We're not going to start fulton in deciding games. We're going to have our young stud, Mike Sirocco, bury sinkers and get guys rolling over. That's how we're going to get past the DS. And then it's, it's uh, cruise control all the way from the NLCS to the world series. And we're going down to the battery to have a nice little party down there. Social distancing, wear our mask because we want to have a full year next year. Um, as far as who's going to, who, who they're going to play. Um, I mean, how's it not the Yankees, right? Until somebody proves otherwise, now that they added Garrett Cole off the Astros, um, I just don't see how it's not the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I think the Yankees are in the best spot to uh, take the AL crown. This See, my World Series pick, I think it's a little bit harder because, once again, it's the, the green. You're not a fan is, of the Atlanta Braves? Yeah, that that's very <laughs> true. But they are a very solid squad that can just run away in a shortened season. In the in the NL, because um, it's I mean the Dodgers have the names, but I mean not that it I think would have mattered, but having David Price would have probably been better for the Dodgers this season, um, to at least for having just a rotation of guys in the playoffs, and I'll say when they make it. Um, as far as teams be, trying to beat out the Yankees, it's going to be tough for I think any team. 
to do that successfully in a full series. I think the only team that I'm looking at right now that I would feel confident in if I were to go with value bet would just be the Oakland A's at plus 2,500. Um, and that would be winning. That would be winning the World Series. But that would also. Jesus. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think of a team that would just overcome the Yankees. I'm looking at the, the Astros, who I just think that bad stuff is going to happen to them this year. That's just a gut feeling. Um, we already talked about the Twins and our feelings about that. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays are just going to get whipped around below them. They're probably going to make the wild card, um, but we'll see how it goes in the playoffs after that. Um, I don't have as much faith in the Indians as you, but they have a chance to make the playoffs as well. And then you got the Oakland A's after that. So that's my reasoning um, to say if there's any team to beat the Yankees, it would be the A's. But I'm stalling here, so I'm going to go with the Yankees in the World Series, and I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna have them beat the Braves. Honestly, I think those are the two teams to pick this year to at least make the World Series appearance. So, quick segue into this, since we both picked the same World Series matchup, there is a special on the Rivers going right now that the World Series matchup would be the Atlanta Braves and the New York Yankees, MLB 2020 in parentheses. That is going at plus 1,825. Can I do you one better at plus 2,000? Is that a special on FanDuel as well? They have World Series matchups, and that's the fourth, tied for the third. No, yeah, tied for the third highest. Okay. Yeah, it's Number tied with Dodgers, Twins Yankees. and Dodgers. It's tied with the Twins and Dodgers. Okay. So I'm going to place that $1 bet there. I think I'll probably put a bet down on that. So, all right, that's our that's definitely our show, and we are just running all over the board here. So let's wrap it up with MVP of the Week, Jeff. Um, MVP of the Week for me is going to be uh, Lucky Streak. That that I was just drinking Lucky Streak in the softball game um, on Sunday. And I think that's kind of what got everyone, or I'll say me going with the bat. And even on the field, too, it felt pretty good on the field as well, even in playing in like what felt like 100-degree weather at 3 o'clock. Um, so mine's going to be Lucky Streak. It got us over the hump and off the losing streak because we were drinking Lucky Streak. So there you go. Nice, nice. Uh, mine is a little winded. I wanted to get some hockey in here involved um nhl posted a uh, a little grid today on their on their facebook social media this is going to be an lvp you'll you'll learn here in a second but uh it's a it's a grid of nine three o'clock three across three down and it's it's like superstars and it's like certain things that made them unique for an example uh they had 10 advisor alexander ovechkin guaranteed mark messier um mullet yarmer yager white skate sergey fedorov ot patrick kane Winking Patrick Waugh, Olympic T.J. Oshie, Mr. Game 7 Justin Williams, and the half-tuck jersey Wayne Gretzky. And the question on the post was, who would you want on your side? Um, NHL, there is a guy that's noticeably absent on this one. And when I say noticeably, there's a big, what the hell are you thinking? Because my comment underneath was, um, I'm going to take turtleneck Mario Lemieux in 1993 when he was, tw- what was it, 20 points, 12 points behind Pat LaFontaine after finishing chemotherapy, and he came back and he ran away with that scoring title and won it with 20 points of a differential between him and Pat LaFontaine. Why does this league always, 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 always leave out Mario Lemieux and anything that they, they try and mention with superstars or anything unique? 
anything that can can build up Mario Lemieux and put him in the same conversation as Wayne Gretzky is always forget about. And you know why they do it? It's because he's French. And there's, there's English Canadian media guys up there up in Toronto. They never want to give the French guys any credit because why would we? We have Wayne Gretzky. He's the greatest guy ever. Don't forget about Mario Lemieux, boys, because he did it better than Gretzky. He did it with size, strength, skill, class, everything. He had everything, and you guys leave him hung out to dry, and you everybody wonders why you never see him because he doesn't want to talk to you idiots. That's all I got to say. The, the NHL media is the worst when it comes to promoting the right people on their social media. Overtime Patrick Kane over him, really? The one that kind of kind of got me going a little bit was tj oshi like in the olympics yeah like, i know I it's america it was it's mainly america. just pen- it was just penalty shots it, well i know it's america and it, it was like cool that he did did it over and over again but like all these other guys like won they all won at some point in their career like tj oshi i mean on, for that team that team finished fourth in that olympics or something fourth or fifth yeah. So, I, so it's not like what he did elevated them to win like a title or anything. Right. It was just a performance. Right. All right. I think, I mean, not, I appreciated your little rant right there, but I mean, <laughs> we've been at this for a while. So we're going to wrap this up. You've been listening to the Icy Takes uh, podcast. You know, fortunately, Zach couldn't have been here because we'd still be talking for another 45 minutes just because he, there was another opinion to throw in as well. Um, <laughs> You can like us on Facebook at Icy Takes with Zach, Jeff, and Big Dave. Follow us on Twitter at Icy Takes, I-C-E-Y Takes, all together one word because that's the way we like to spell it. Follow us on the personal Twitters at Big underscore Dave 52 and at Zach Morris 82. And at J. Christ underscore 51. Like our Lord and Savior, amen. Make sure to share this episode and other episodes with everyone to spread the love. We always do appreciate it and Hopefully we didn't go off the rails too much, but opening day is coming up. You're damn sure we were going to get off the rails there. So make sure to stay icy, and we'll see you next week. Bye.